Hello again, I'm Alexander and you're listening to the latest edition of Shout, the podcast for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. Throughout the series, I'm speaking to frontline staff from across the service and asking them about some of the life-saving incidents they've responded to. I'm talking to individual staff members, but every guest I speak to is part of a bigger life-saving team. I've always just wanted a job to help people. And the only thing I've learned that you can, it's not just about doing the big glory jobs, you can help people in a lot more other ways. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Joanna Hall. She's wanted to be a firefighter since the age of six and finally realised her dream when she joined the service 17 years ago. She served at Mansfield Road and Central Fire Stations and is currently a watch manager at Low Edges in Sheffield. I asked her to tell me about a day when she helped save a life. It was this year, I'm pretty certain it was this year, sorry lots that go off, and there was a house fire, um, no, it's some actually mason up sort of to kind of flats basically, and the guy had been going in and out because he's got pets in there, and nobody else got out, he were, he were black from smoking like me, I got him out but he struggled breathing. And normally either people are unconscious, um, you know, and it's quite, you either go one or two ways, you either force in ventilation or if they're, if they're unconscious, but if they're conscious, um, then it's more maybe um, um, oxygen therapy. But this guy was in and out, and his eyes were on the back of his head. It was Then when he was up, he was, but then he was clenching his fist and going into some kind of spasm, like he couldn't, he was like, you see him like, trying to breathe. So we were like on and off. Are we forcing in, or you know what I mean? We were going like between the two. It was quite surreal, and we got. I said, get the defib out ready. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, let's get it on him. Help monitor. We can help monitor anyhow. It won't shock him unless you need to. And I can remember, I said, we definitely need an ambulance. So just trying to shout to driver at radio, make sure we get a unit, not a paramedic in a car, because this person needs to go to hospital. And it was just between us, me and the other firefighter. We just kept looking and it was a bit it's not one thing it's not other thing it was like we're just having to work with this guy and and then like it's, it, and the paramedics that he had it can people can go into like a spasm and he were going into a spasm so um starting at the start then with like incident so it was um a report of a house fire yeah and uh, was it a person's report yeah um so what kind of were you confronted with when you arrived on we scene we got there and people said he keeps going in we could see him on the floor, we so we um, outside the property. So we got everybody in to go and sort the fire. Our two BAs went in, and we just got him out to one side and they'd come here, you know, basically. And uh, I managed to we walked him up the path away from it, and he just going on his knees, and we just basically said, right, let's get oxygen on him, and we just went that way. It was just a bit of a surreal because he he wasn't unconscious. At one point, but he was conscious. He was just going between the two, and it was just don't normal. I've not I've normally had that. They have a one or other. They have a conscious or they're not. Where he was, he was really struggling, and so we kept trying to force. Then he kept fighting us, and then so we because it's do we had to keep basically. We're going like sort of between the two and and getting ready with everything really. But he were yeah, were quite frightening really with that one I found because it was like right. So we just did our best we could in that situation and just made sure that we got the right medical help coming and thought he definitely needs to go to hospital. So presumably you arrive at an incident like that, you see someone in that condition, there must be lots of 
decisions you have to make very fast. It's quite a dynamic situation. You get a lot of people shouting, or they, you know, and then you just got to try and look at everything as a whole. But with him, he was down by the floor, but he looked at one point, finally he wanted to go back, and we're like, you can't go back in. And he was black, and I said, you can't, you've already inhaled, like, you need to come out of the way, let us do the job, you know what I mean? And, you know, if you come out of the way, we can do it quicker and better. So we got him out of the way, and then he was just sort of struggling, sort of coughing and spluttering, and, you know, because he did go from, like, talking to us to, like, completely gasping, and I'm like, let's just get him. So we tried to get him up onto where we thought the ambulance would come, but we literally on, on, on this footpath with him, just trying to help him with his breathing. Why was he trying to go back into the property? To get his pets. That happened quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite common, yeah. Because end of the day, the people's babies. So um, if you attend an incident as dramatic as the one you've just described, um, how does it feel coming away from that incident? We come away, I think me and the other firefighter, we came away and we were a bit like, cracky. Not really had that situation before. It was a bit unreal, like, they, they were in and out, off and on, and they were, then, then they were like, you, you know. Because he kept, when he was coming back breathing, he would try and sit up, and then he'll go again, and go into a spasm, and it's like, it was... Like I said to them, I've never had that before. And, and and they were the same. They said, I've never had that either. You know, that's why I was like, make sure we get a proper ambulance here. That could take, you know, straight to hospital. You know, they call it a unit. Make sure we get a unit, uh, not a car. <laughs> and when you, you, you come away from an incident, you go off shift, do you, are you, do you take a moment to sort of feel personal pride for having saved a life? In a way, yeah, you like you feel like, yeah, you've done some good. My my theory is you want to go home, you want to be able to sleep at night, so you want to make sure you've done everything you can for the person or persons involved. To be honest, even if it's just to gain entry and you come across a vulnerable person, have you you know have you safeguarded it? Have you spoke to a safeguarding officer? Have you done that? You know, have you made sure that you've done everything you can to get things going? That happened to me um, last Saturday. Finish, we should finish at eight. I didn't leave station till ten because I got back and I had to fill out a special service form out because we had a safeguarding issue with somebody. But I went home knowing that I'd done everything I can for that person. Because I always think there's more ways to help people in the fire service rather than going out to the fi- the big jobs like fires and that. You can help people by the gaining entry. You might come across something and I liaise with paramedics and they were going to safeguard it from their point of view. So I'm going to safeguard it from our point of view because, you know, they have got a few fire risk things and... You know, and we always feel like we've, if we both refer, we can hopefully get that person help they need. Is it the kind of is this the kind of thing you thought you'd be doing when you joined seventeen years ago? Uh, I've always wanted to be in the fire service. Thinks from the age of six, so I've always just wanted a job to help people. And the only thing I've learned that you can it's not just about doing the big glory jobs, you can help people in a lot more other ways now. There's more things now. With doing the HSC visits, we do come across vulnerable people and we can get referrals in and help people that way. And to me, you're saving a life and helping people in other ways rather than going out on blue light response, if that makes any sense. You said you always wanted to be a firefighter. What what made you always want to be a firefighter? 
I think it was, um, I don't know if I can say it, it was Fireman Sam, because it is Fireman Sam. It was, I was told it was Fireman Sam, and that got me into it, if I'm honest. And my uncle is also, he's a retired firefighter. Um, so I always knew a lot about the job from there. And I always wanted a job to help people. Um, school tried to persuade me to go towards the army because it wasn't a job for a woman, they said fire service. But I said, I don't want to be trained to kill people, I want to be trained just to help people. So that's what, you know. I said, I want to be a firefighter, so. <laughs> age of 20, I got in. <laughs> um, and obviously, attending incidents like the one you've described is a, is a team effort. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's never just an individual's. How important is is that kind of team response to something like that? Very important. That's the most incentive about the fire service. You've got to work together as a team. So we're in that job while I'm in that, even like seconds of us getting there, you've got a team going in, in BA, putting the fire out. You All at the same time, it's that simultaneous activity. You've got me seeing that guy on the floor, getting him out of harm's way. And then he like he needs help. Do you know what I mean? It's like in all that action, everything's bringing the incident, you know, to a safe standstill. To be honest, and preventing it all from escalating. It's really important, you know, that we all and and all that time you've got to communicate to each other. Like the the BA teams are probably communicating to the engine control officers, only communicating to the incident commander who saying what they're coming across and then that person who people in the property could be telling us something about anything inside the property you know where people are last seen or something in there that could be harmful to our crews so we're then all relaying all it's all teamwork's a massive thing i think and most important you're you turn into like a little family and look out for each other (laughs) thank you to joanna for taking the time to talk to me and for giving me such a fascinating insight into the work of our frontline crews. I hope you enjoyed it too. If you did, please share the link with people you know. It will really help others to find our series and hear more about the work our staff do responding to emergencies. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again next week when I'll be talking to a member of staff from our 999 control room.